Hey guys, what's up? It's Kia. On this episode, we talk about what protecting Black women should look like coming from Black women. We explore our thoughts on who is responsible for Black women's safety, the matriarchal tone stamped on Breonna Taylor's untimely death, and Megan Thee Stallion speaking out on Black women's experiences. But before we get started, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Soul. We will be rolling out new bi-weekly episodes, so make sure to follow us to stay up to date about what's going on here in the podcast and other things as they may come along. Our personal Instagram links are in the show notes along with any links related to the episode. Also, we want you to join the conversation. So if you have a pitch for an episode, a question, or a topic that you would like us to discuss, make sure to email us at norandsoul at gmail.com. Now, let's get into it. All right, let's get started with some check-ins. Quilla, how's your mental, how's your week, how's things been going? Hey, well, um, as far as my mental, my health, and my week has been going, I'll definitely say that this week has been a challenge. Um, There's a lot that's come into perspective. Uh, For instance, I lost an aunt this week. And uh, so as a Black woman, I thought about the, you know, the things that she faced in her time, during her time here. She was about 82 years old. Um, Also, some other things happened this week that kind of made me just, you know, question things that's going on around me. I was in a car accident, you know, and uh, being a, a Black woman during uh, times like this, sometimes you never know who's about to get out of the other vehicle. And uh, thank goodness my situation, the other driver was a white male, but it was uh, nice that he cared about my safety and, you know, vice versa. Uh, and, you know, as far as everything else in my week to help battle those things, I've gone to the gym and different things to kind of help my mental health because uh you know it's important we recognize when it's when we're not at our 100 percent and uh to do our best to get there so yeah that was my that was my week for sure well i'm glad that you mentioned that too when you when it comes to like the the car accident situation for for starters i'm glad that you're okay to you know because that could have gone any which way so i'm really glad that you're okay but also the fact that you do have to have like there's that hyper vigilant when you think when you think about that like you have to be concerned like who's about to get out this car and how they about to act when they see a black mm-hmm. woman come out. like so it's crazy that you even have to think about that in a in a moment when you're like car accidents are startling and like there's there's a lot going on in your mind and in your body at that time so the fact that that has to be an added thought to even be like how is this person about to get out the car and and act when they see me so mm-hmm. that's that's crazy and and yeah, yeah. and that'll, that'll actually segue into some of the things that we talk about so that's interesting that's so what were you about to say and let me throw that back at you how was your week how's your mental health how are you doing so my week has been good honestly i've been feeling really good lately and the good thing about that is that i have been I like in the moments that I do really feel good, I like say it to myself multiple times. And I, I, I don't think I like consciously started doing that, but when I did, it just was kind of like this reminder, like this is how you're supposed to feel. You're you are supposed to feel good. You do deserve to feel good. And so like for me, like some of the recent um changes for me, like I I started a new job a couple weeks ago and and that's been going great. And I have been I mean, I still hold this role as an essential worker for like another company and in doing that, like just being an essential worker through a whole pandemic has been a lot. So now that I'm kind of shifting into this new role and having the opportunity to work from home when I hadn't been able to do that, like at the same time that everybody else was doing it and like Mm -hmm. just, just getting a moment to like slow down and to like go into things differently because it's been, it has been hectic. Like the last couple of months, work-wise have been hectic and when work is hectic it translates into everything else that's like happening in your day-to-day like so there I've been um trying to do better with like my eating as well because like I found myself like literally eating out almost every day a week 
and like just not even feeling the energy to get up and come in my kitchen and cook a meal. And that, number one, that's taking a toll on my pockets because I'm spending ridiculous amounts of money for lunch and dinner on like a daily. But also just like eating, when I eat out, I'm eating nonsense and that is not giving me energy and that's slowing me down. So it just was kind of like this trickle down effect that was happening. So it feels good to like, restart refresh and like actually take the time and have the time because I didn't even feel like I had the time before but to have the time to like focus in on other little things and like take take care of my body in in the same regard because that has not been happening if I'm being 100% honest so I just been feeling good and I just been letting myself know like yes you feel good and that's okay and that's what you're supposed to feel like and do what you got to do to continue to feel good so that's that but (laughs) yeah it's been needed honestly it's been needed um but to segue so on our episode we are talking about on today's episode (laughs) we're talking about the and i'll say it like this we're talking we're talking about the commonly heard phrase protect black women and we're gonna dive into what that actually means coming from black women what does that look like when it, when we say protect black women because i think it often becomes like this catchphrase this trendy thing to say right now and it needs to be more context about that what does that look like so i'm going to ask you when you say protect black women what does that mean for you uh black wo- protect black women means a couple of different things to me um you know my clear eye view is that you know black women uh are fighting you know as the backbone of america and we're being treated the worst more than anybody um even if we take a look at what's going on in the media right now um you know when it comes to protect black women it means to me like you know stick up for whether it's in the streets whether it's in corporate America, whether it's in your household, whether it's in your church, whether it's at your local grocery store or on the corner, it means if you see a Black woman, a Black woman going through something, it means help her out. Don't dismiss her. Don't undermine her. Don't view her as the angry Black woman. Don't view her as a stereotype. View her as a woman. So that's kind of what my definition is in a nutshell of what I think protect Black women is in a sense absolutely. um what about you what does that mean to you what does the protect black women mean to you i absolutely agree with everything you said and i think for me protecting black women at the forefront of it all means listen to black women and you mentioned like not undermining black women i think a lot of times i've i or recently i've been just seeing a lot of people like undermine the experience of black women when black women speak out and advocate for ourselves you have like people wanting to challenge black women's experiences listen to us when we say that this is what's happening this is our experiences this is exactly what it is listen to that and, 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 you know, take that information and, and, you know, do whatever's needed, you know, to be done. But I think listening to Black women is just kind of like at the forefront of it all. Advocate for us, stand up for us, like protect us. I think like, I don't know if people really know what protection looks like because you have so many people just saying like protect Black women and then, and then, and practice it it means nothing and it, it makes me think about you know we all heard the the quote from malcolm x when he said the most disrespected person in america is the black woman the most unprotected person in america is the black woman the most neglected person in america mm-hmm. is the black woman and these reign true today and like you said in the media with all that has been going on with brianna taylor and the verdict mm-hmm. recently coming out and then we have um the scenario with Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez being like a, a a current topic and you see these things play out and that's you know that's just what's happening now black women have not been protected for years like you mm-hmm. know like I can think of so many other scenarios so many other ways in which that people are not willing to advocate for black women they the way that they should be and it's I hate to see people say protect black women 
in context, but in practice, that means nothing. Mm -hmm. So, um, speaking of which, like with the Breonna Taylor verdict recently coming out, it has been a lot on, I know it's been weighing a lot on me just thinking about like, you know, how this can even be happening in real time, but also like what, you know, we're seeing it on the media and we're seeing it like in terms of like what's happening in trial and all of that. But I've been thinking a lot about like her family, her actual loved ones and all, everything that they're going through between like the grief and loss aspect of it, but also like having to be this like, um, what, what's the word I want to use? Like Breonna Taylor having to be like this matriarch for all that's happening in America again right now. So like like what was your thoughts when you when you're hearing a verdict of what's happening and like just the lack of <laughs> the lack of everything when it comes to this case? I mean, honestly, I really feel not that surprised by anything that's going on when it comes mm -hmm. to it. And the reason why I feel that way is because um, of what I sort of referenced earlier with Black women just not being viewed as being human. We're viewed as everything else. Yeah. And we're not seen for just simply being ourselves. And with that, we're rarely granted our humanity. You know what I'm saying? Like, so Breonna Taylor's murder, how I see that is uh there was a, another black man involved right her boyfriend was in the residence at the time and to be honest with you i feel like they played it's been played off of the boyfriend to then uh really make to try and like uh come up with this false sense of they're really protecting this woman if her boyfriend was never involved would it have gotten this much attention uh, that's a question that I have. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as the perpetrators, the people who allegedly committed uh, this uh, heinous crime against Breonna Taylor, I'm going to say allegedly to, you know, cover my tracks. Um, mm -hmm. right. You know, I'm not surprised by it. And it, it's sad that it's not surprising. And I think that's why Black women are standing up. And it's also good to note that when Black women say, that we aren't being protected uh look at who is at the head of the fight right now when it comes okay. to black lives matter who created that three black women mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and that, that says something alone by itself that we are at the forefront begging to be seen as a human being yes and that's the case that's always the case it's always that black women have to be at the forefront of these fights, right? So mm -hmm. while we're doing all the dirty work, we're we're really coming out and we're not afraid to speak out. It's like at the on the flip side of that, this is just telling us that our lives are absolutely disposable and it does not matter, you know, what happens next for us. And you know, when it when it comes to Breonna Taylor, one of the things that made me like really angry about the verdict, I I can definitely agree. I also was not surprised, and that is sad. It is sad that like at this point, you know, these things are coming to us, and it's just like we're expected to hear this and just carry on. Like, you know, obviously Breonna Taylor is not somebody I know personally, mm -hmm. but that does not mean that the effects of hearing that a black woman can be killed by police and nobody is willing to do anything about it nobody is willing to be responsible for it nobody is willing to uh prosecute the people that are responsible for it you know that it, it hits home because i that could be me that could be you that could be anybody like that could be any of us at any moment so the fact that we hear we have to taking this information and then just be expected to pick up and go to work the next day pick up and carry on like how why do y'all think this is not taking a toll on everybody like right it, that's 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 one thing and then the other thing is like recently you know the presidential um and the vice president debates were happening and there were questions being asked about brianna taylor and mm -hmm. i just feel like you know honestly that's just not fair it's really not fair because i'm pretty sure that if brianna taylor had to choose between dying the way that she did or no dying and being the matriarch of this of this current fight or being alive i'm pretty sure her life would be her choice 
Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not fair that we have the these um, government officials and and you know everybody campaigning right now, and they're able to just be like, you know, let's just let's just throw her name in this debate for the purposes of this campaign because that's really all it is. That's really all it is. Let's throw her name out because we know that's what everybody's worried about right now. So if we say the right thing in this campaign, it might work to our favor and get us the vote. Why Mm -hmm. does somebody have to die for that to be the case? Like why all these things, these fights, the advocacy is always being planted on the backs of Black women. Mm -hmm. But But the rest of us, we're just expected to just like, carry on like that cannot be any of us at any point like we're right it, like you know it's and that's so heavy and I, I've been thinking about that a lot and I me and you had a conversation the other day where I was saying like I've just been angry at that shit lately like I've just been angry when I think about these things just like that at any point and I, I don't know I, I guess it's less about the fact that it can be any of us at any point and more about the fact that this is allowed to happen mm-hmm. like this shit should not be allowed to happen at all um, do you feel like black men have a responsibility to us or who do you feel like has a responsibility to black women when we say protect black women who who are we talking to are we like is it for you is it a reference to other black women or is it like a reference to the rest of the world I mean I feel like humanity should always be at the forefront so each one should be in a in a in an ideal world I feel like you know from a humanitarian approach we should all be able to help and protect each other regardless of you know where you who or what you identify with from your ethnic identity to your race mm-hmm. but as far as a obligation here in the United States I definitely feel like uh the black woman and the black man uh should protect each other because we've been in this fight with each other uh the entire time that we've been shipped over here My and uh, exactly <laughs> and you know another reference is that we both got our rights at the same exact time and i feel like black men they were we are we've been brought here together and so there is an obligation they they any other race it doesn't matter if you're white Chinese, whatever you identify with, you will see their men sticking up for them. But in here in America, I do think that our Black men face certain challenges that maybe may not be presented to others in certain um, places on the globe. But here specifically in America, I could see how it is hard for them being put in a situation to protect the Black women when they're already seen as a threat everywhere that they go. But I do think that um, I do think that it is an obligation of the Black man to uh, protect Black women. And one thing I also wanted to reference when it comes to protecting Black women that I want to make sure we touch base on is um, let's talk about how, you know, African-Americans in, uh, in, in human trafficking, let's talk about our Black girls being snatched mm-hmm. up on these streets. What, what, what are people, what, are, what is anyone doing to protect our young what girls? What is anybody doing? That's the question of the century. What is anybody doing? Like, that's, so when, when I see, and, and just to kind of like go back a little bit to like the, the response, who's responsible for te- protecting Black women. Number mm-hmm. one, Black women, we've always had to be responsible for ourselves, right? And that shit mm-hmm. is tiring. It's tiring when it feels like the world is against you. It's tiring. I feel like with Black men, what I have been noticing lately is that Black men will sit here and say, protect Black women, and then, and the next day, they're enabling some type of something that is the exact opposite of protecting Black women. So what I mean Absolutely. by that, so what I mean by that, right? Um, mm-hmm. It was something, I don't know if there was a conversation to be had or like a, something I was reading mm-hmm. or what that, what that looked like, but somebody had mentioned like this in the context of like sexual assault right you almost always have a a black woman that can tell you i have been assaulted sexually assaulted by a black man at some point right of my Mm -hmm. lifetime i know i can say that and but on the flip side of that when you have these conversations with black men nobody nobody nah we don't get into that nobody in my friend circle do shit like that like nobody is accountable 
But at the same time, how is it that so many women can say that this is happening to me, but there's not one man in your circle that's perpetuating this thing? And at this, on top of that, nobody's like, why y'all not checking each other? Mm-hmm. I mean, check yourself first, because I guess if mm-hmm. you ain't checking yourself, you can't check your homeboy. Mm-hmm. But why is it that nobody is, is where's the checks and balances in your friend group? I just feel like black men don't really understand what it means to protect a black woman. And I don't know. My, my thing is, I don't know why they don't understand. Y'all are coming from the same mothers that we're coming from. We're growing up in the same households where we're coming from the same, you know, backgrounds and lives and things like that. So I don't understand where the, what, where the mark is being missed. So just to give an example, I had a conversation. No, you know what? Boom. I actually, when the Breonna Taylor verdict was, had came out that very day, a black man that I know personally had posted on his Instagram, like saying like, oh, protect black women, black women, I love y'all, I got y'all, so on and so forth, right? But then the very next day, when your boy Tory Lanez, who clearly can't read the room and wants to drop albums in this climate, but we'll get into that. The very next day when Tory Lanez dropped this album talking his shit about Megan Thee Stallion and that scenario, mm-hmm. this very black man that just said the day before, black women, I love y'all. I got y'all. I'll protect y'all. Was promoting the music. Was out here like, oh shit, this is great. Let me put this out. Let me show that I'm listening to this. And I'm just like, how do you not correlate these two things to be opposing thoughts how do you not see the issue with that how and this is the shit i'll be talking about and that's just like something that that's honestly that's just something small the fact that you're playing his music but when it comes so what does that mean in in your interactions with black women when you tell a black woman i love y'all and protect her what are you doing? What does that look like? When you say that you, you got us, you protect us, you love us, what does that actually look like? Because putting it on social media ain't doing nothing for nobody. It ain't doing nothing for nobody. And right. that's, that shit's been pissing me off because I've been seeing that happen so much. And we're supposed to just carry this emotional toll. Like, I, I really be angry. And what am I supposed to do with this anger? Or am I supposed to go 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 pay for therapy out of my pocket with the lack of health care that exists in this country? Like, what am I supposed to do with this anger? This shit, right. this shit shows up. It, it really resides in me, and I'm, I'm sick of that being the case. I'm sick of that being the case. I totally understand exactly what you're saying, because I went through the same thing when I was talking to some of my homeboys. Like, it was like, oh, let's protect Black women when we're talking about Breonna Taylor, but then it switches up when we're talking about Tory Lane shooting Megan Thee Stallion. And, you know, even comparing what he did to what others have done and them going on a spectrum, and it's just like, there's no comparison here. What's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. And then also uh you know like you referenced uh him dropping that album around such a sensitive time last time i checked there was something called time in place sir are you serious in this climate in this climate you thought this was the time honestly it was never okay because the way that he has approached the situation the lack of responsibility megan actually put out this um article today in the New York Times and she's basically talking about you know her thoughts on what protecting a black woman looks like and the first thing that the first sentence that I read in that article was protecting black women should not be controversial mm-hmm. exactly that part but, uh, that, that part. part but of course it's going to be controversial you know protecting black women of, of course that's going to be controversial and the reason why that is controversial is because uh you know if when it when it comes to black women right we have so much power our power is so strong that put it like this if we were free what would that really mean for everybody else too right if they keep us at the bottom right 
then if we were get if say if if we were really given all of our freedom like we were we got exactly what we wanted then guess what that's going to destruct all the other systems of oppression out there if For black sure. women if 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 they're going to if if the system is going to view us as human of course that's going to be controversial because they're going to say well you know uh black women they don't have their men protecting them they already coming from broken homes half of them have the worst statistics when it comes to dropouts and things like that of the sort but you know what people fail to recognize that black women are actually the most educated in america and sometimes you need to listen to the smartest person in the room hello so right now, hello right now the smartest person in the room is talking and we are saying that we don't feel protected in various areas and yet it's controversy it's yet megan and stallion had to have people uh not even have to have but people we be we be feeling like we need to go online for our friend and stick up for them like no it should have been what she said is what she said this is what happened let's believe her the first time and let's get to justice and that's the shit about it that that kills me because when we when 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 um we look at that specific scenario you have so many people that were like and, and this is included black women so i was kind of taken aback by that but you have so many people that are like oh but we got to hear tory lane's side like for what i don't care what happened i don't care what was said i don't care what argument could have taken place i can't think of not one thing that would justify that man picking up a gun and shooting megan Stallion in her foot Number one, number one, good thing that she was able to walk away from that because it wouldn't have been until Megan Thee Stallion died that we would have been like, oh my God, Tory Lane and like, you know, oh, black women need to be protected. Tory Lane did some shit and it was wild. It wouldn't have been until she, to, to her demise that now we feel like we got to protect black women, but because she's in a position where she can talk for herself and she can stand up about it and she can reference exactly what was going on. Now we have to challenge it. Now we have to hear both sides and somebody, um, most of the time when I reference stuff, I'm talking about Twitter cause I just be ranting my ass off on Twitter and reading what other people have to say about these things. But one of the things that I saw someone say on Twitter was just like, you know, like, thinking of it for men, for black men who, or, or honestly for anybody who was willing to challenge what Megan Thee Stallion was saying, it was just like, what about if this was your auntie, your sister, your mother? Mm -hmm. Let me, but, but wait, why do we have to say, what if it was our personal so-and-so for you to understand why it's not okay? What about Megan Thee Stallion like makes you feel like she does not deserve to be treated? well for you know when she does not deserve this this is abuse <laughs> it's abuse let's Period. call it for what it is so i feel like there's all these respectability politics also that that get attached when we say protect black women a lot of people a lot of men say protect black women and don't even you know acknowledge the fact that oh but it's a certain type of black woman that i'm willing to protect mm -hmm. you were a respectable black woman I could protect you. You an educated black woman. I could protect you. Oh, you're oh. a black girl with good hair. Mm, I, I could protect, protect you. You a light skinned black woman. I could protect you. Mm. You're an able bodied black woman. I could protect you. But when you start spilling into other things, oh, you're um, you're a sexualized black woman. You're a black woman that's willing to step into her sexual liberation. Eh, you doing too much. So you're not on the spectrum of people I could protect. Oh, mm -hmm. you were you were a dark skinned black woman. Uh, you probably angry, so I can't really protect you either. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's not that's what I'm that's what I need. And again, I keep I keep referencing black men because I think it it resonates with me the most when when it's our men, our very men, who are the problem. Mm -hmm. I, I think it, it sits with me more when it's coming from black women and not to give America the excuse <laughs> because this country is terrible. However, like you said, when these things happen, I'm not surprised. This country was never built for us to prosper. It was never built for us to be protected. But when it's our very own men that are 
unwilling to go that extra mile to advocate for us to to make sure that we're okay rather than challenging us and, and undermining our experiences mm-hmm. that should sit with me more mm-hmm. it sits with me more so it should not have i feel like for megan Stallion specifically it should not have to have been number one the fact that um i didn't you know i'm i'm gonna be honest i didn't watch all of the she i know she like was on live on Instagram talking about it a couple different times or whatever the case may be. And I didn't really watch it myself, but I did kind of get like the, the context behind what she was saying. And I know at some point in the beginning of the soul, she was kind of saying like, you know, I didn't call the cops because if I remember correctly, like she didn't call the cops because she didn't want it to be ultimately she was protecting Tory Lanez. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to protect somebody that is the fact that this man picked up a gun and popped her in her foot? Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Allegedly. But the fact that that's what was done mm-hmm. and, and she still in her victimization felt like I have to protect this man. Mm-hmm. Why do black women have to do that? Because they also feel like they got to protect themselves. It's like a double whammy. And like, especially if you're in a situation, I believe her friend was in the car with her. I believe the security guard was there. He was another black man. You know, black women, um, just like when we were on a plantation and they were taking our family members uh, away. And, uh, you know, you think about some of the tactics that maybe some of them black women, how they felt like I need to, I need to, to do something right now to protect us, regardless of what the situation is, regardless of how bad it is, because we know it could be worse. On the other, yeah, yeah, and you know, in this case, in this case, uh, if someone shoots you, they deserve whatever the heck comes their way. What's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. Period. Point blank. And that's the, that's that's really what we're saying is the root of everything. But you know, I can imagine, um, you know, because I can I can understand being a black woman being put in a situation where you don't know what type of cop is about to show up to the scene. You don't know who is going to be writing that report. You don't know what doctor is even going to be working on your foot. Okay. You're just completely put in a situation where, you know, even though Tory Lanez allegedly shot her, there's still a sense that what white supremacy and what that looks like and what it what can come out of the situation could be could be even more worse than the love of your life shooting you and and i understand i understand that and it also kind of correlates to what you were just saying for yourself when we were talking about you know your scenario when you were just in a car accident and Mm -hmm. and the fact that when you are about to you just got in a car accident it's traumatic you're shaking up. You have a moment that you got to get yourself, your mind right to even like, you know, deal with what just happened. But at the same time, and ble- being black and then being a woman, you have to think about what is about to happen when I get out of this car. Who am I about to be face to face with? How, how bad can this go? Black women should not have to do that. We should not have to do that. Like, and, and that's why I'm saying like, we're expected to take in this information to deal with the microaggressions that we deal with on a day-to-day basis and to just keep and you know just keep going right because you know uh speaking of uh having a call to cops i've been put in a situation here i am black woman um <laughs> i swear i could drive everybody i swear i can but it was another accident and someone <laughs> hit me <laughs> And the freaking ladies, uh, she, after she hit me, completely like sandwiched me in between the railing and in, in, in her vehicle. And uh, she drove off. And I was like, oh, no, you picked the right one. I got to get my, my claims number. Like, I got to get this going. So I'm about to get your license plate. Regardless, if you want to take off, I'm still about to get that plate. So I'm about to follow right behind you till I get that plate. But anyway, my case in point is, after I did that and obviously went to a safe space, right? Because I'm not going to follow somebody who, you know, hit me and everything. I don't know what kind of situation I could be put in. But I called the police. And guess what happened? When I called the police, the lady who actually hit me ended up not being that far away from where I was parked. So I was able to see her. But guess what? When that cop interacted with me and when that cop interacted with her, even though that lady just hit me, just endangered my life and sped off like nothing happened, who was the one that was patronized? 
me. Oh, wow. Yeah. The officer who happened to be a white male had that look in his eyes like, just give me a reason. He had it in his mm. tone. Just give me a reason. And guess what, too, guys? When I went to go reference the accident report from the officer with my insurance company, do you know my insurance company had a hard time uh, referencing whatever it is that he put on that paper? Like, it didn't even specify what really happened. I'm thinking he everything was documented because at least I have a paper, like, in front of me, and it has her license and all of that on it and my stuff on it. And I'm thinking it's all taken care of. No. He intentionally went and did something with that report so what i'm getting at is i can understand how megan and stallion felt because here i am feeling terrified in an accident where somebody hit me drove off and yet this police officer is literally has the vibes of give me a reason while he's literally treating her i'm seeing him i've seen him go back to her treating her a whole other kind of way and mind you i am not one of those people uh not my my story as far as walking in race may not be as thick as some other stories. I, I have not always experienced racism. Have I experienced it? Yes, but not as much as others. So when I'm seeing it, I'm totally seeing it. Like, what, you know what I mean? Like, this was a very conscious moment where I'm like, wow, this is real life for me. But because Thank God I'm educated enough to understand what the situation is. I'm able to understand what the situation is, but what I'm, I understand how Megan and Megan and Stallion felt, and uh, I'm with you, sister. I would have been a little nervous too, but at the end of the day, you know, let's call it what it is. What Tory Lanez did was wrong. If anyone shoots you, is wrong. But the bottom line, when we're in a climate like this, and just in general, what we've been through for hundreds of years in this country protect black women when they tell you something is wrong is wrong and stop looking at black women as a stereotype megan i'ma say it is an actress she's a rapper she does her thing but guess what homegirl got a whole nother dream and a whole nother vision she's just like us she's a part of the most educated group in america that girl is working towards her degree mm -hmm. she has she has plans in place to create what is it like assistant livings around uh uh impoverished uh, areas where african americans can actually afford to get the care that they need as they age and they get sick so that lady is doing the dang thing for someone to sit here and really want to not believe her what does she have to lie for and you know what we as uh as a people you know, especially black men need to hear need to hear that need to know that need to sit with that and really just need to step up to the plate Absolutely. And one thing too, and, and what you mentioned when it comes to how educated Megan Thee Stallion is. And I, let me say this before I even make that point. Even if a black woman is not educated, mm -hmm. that is not, and that's where the respectability politics come in. It does not matter what your background, what your credentials, what all of those things look like. Black women do deserve to be protected regardless. But in the case of Megan Thee Stallion, when I uh, referenced the New York Times um, article that she did, and I'm actually going to put the link to that in the show notes because I think it's important for everybody to take a moment and read that. Um, when I read the article, I'm just like, number one, the way the article was articulated, the way that she was really like speaking, you know, on exactly what not only in her personal experience but what has been happening to black women and why it's not okay i was like wow like yeah you you like you said exactly what needed to be said you said exactly what needed to be said but also megan Asalia mentioned in the article like as a rapper as someone who is sexually liberated she was just like people have this misconception that you know i dress the way that i do for men, for, for men or for male attention, or I, uh, you know, dance the way that I do for male attention. She's like, no, I do that because I fucking feel good about myself mm -hmm. because I can, because it's my body and I have autonomy over it. Period. Period. Mm -hmm. Nobody, like, I think that's another thing. Like we always like, <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I'll just be mad. <laughs> 
<laughs> let me get my mind right but like <laughs> I feel like none of, none of that matters at the end of the day none of that matters at the end of the day it does not matter if Megan Nasalia is sitting on her ass and not doing anything ever mm-hmm. that did, she did not deserve to have that happen to her she did not no. deserve to have that happen to her and she did not you know deserve for people to undermine her just like Breonna Taylor does not deserve to have to, in her, in her death, be this now, like, it's like, like this, like she became this political figure, right? That like everybody references what's happening to Breonna, what happened to Breonna Taylor as, you know, okay to make themselves sound better, to make it sound like they're doing the work. If you want to do the work, do the work, do the work. You don't need social media, Instagram stories, and your tweets to be like, to sound like you on board with things if mm-hmm. you, that's not where, how it's showing up in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, when I am, look, put your money where your mouth is, number one. If you want to be protecting Black women, cough up some cash. <laughs> Donate to these organizations that are doing the work. If you don't know how to really, if you don't know how to, per se, be at the forefront of, of, of what our needs are. Put your money into these organizations that are doing the work. Donate mm-hmm. to somebody somewhere. Like, there are so many other ways that you can actually be helping with what needs to be, like, you know, what, what, what needs to be happening in this country without, like, you know, being the, the, at the forefront of things. And I know, like, too, during, um, while we were in, you know, in quarantine, I, I guess we're still in quarantine. Look, I don't even know at this point. I don't, this COVID mess is all over the place. But while that was happening and we got the chance to kind of slow down and then, you know, all the protests was happening and things like that, I took the time to really sit with myself and ask me like, okay, what work are you doing? Right? Because I can't be checking nobody else if I'm not checking myself. Mm-hmm. So what work are you doing? So that's exactly what I was doing. I was donating to the organizations. I was reading up on the things that I didn't know to be, you know, I didn't know all the facts on. I'm not the most politically savvy. Politics just get to be a lot and it's hard to dive into. It's a lot of context around it. So I've been learning a lot of, uh, learning a lot during this time to just mm-hmm. make sure that I am fully aware of what's going on. Um, and then again, with like the podcast, my, the what I started doing with this podcast was completely different than you know, the direction I'm taking now. And that happened in the time that I was sitting with myself and asking me, asking myself, what are you doing? Well, I said, well, maybe I need to be curating a different conversation. Maybe I needed to be adding to the conversation in a different way. If I'm like, maybe I need to be giving, you know, more people access to this information that, or, you know, just making it a safe space where people feel like they can have these conversations. Like, you know, so it was just like, I had to sit with myself and ask myself what I, what I was doing. And I, and I learned about so many other ways that you can be doing the work without necessarily, if I wasn't physically out there at the protest, what else can I be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like that is what people need to be doing. If you're going to say protect Black women, take a moment and and listen to a Black woman enough so that you can know what work needs to be done. Yeah. And, you know, some of these things are small things, you know what I'm saying? Like just empowering a child is one, just a little black girl is one. And you know what? You can just start by helping these little black girls see how unique and and beautiful that they are and that nothing is wrong with them is if you put what that, that social experiment we've all seen, if you put the white Barbie doll with the fine hair and the black Barbie doll with the textured hair, you ask little children as young, as four and five uh which one is prettier which one is cuter or and they're going to point to the white doll because of the uh stereotype right that uh european standards of beauty is the way to go and you know ways to protect the black women and, and get involved is as small as helping a little black girl understand that she's unique and she's beautiful and uh, seeing herself for what she is. I was actually really happy now to see like more um, dolls and things like that being made uh, to represent black women uh, from albino to um, 
whatever shade that you identify with a black uh, to different textures. I've been, I've been really uh, happy seeing things like that. But those are just some of the small things by letting little young girls, black girls know that they're beautiful, they're smart. If you're an uncle and you know that your niece is uh, maybe fatherless or something and you're a black man and she's a black woman, uh, step up, be that, you know, check in on her. Ask mm-hmm. her, you know, is there anything as a, as a man that 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 you could uh talk to her about or you know make her feel beautiful you know what i mean give give you know that can have a powerful impact you know um uh you know on our on our young girls so even when it comes to protecting our girls you know uh our girlhood should be um uninterrupted oh come on come on that was a word you that know was a word mm-hmm. and uh our girlhood, our childhood, our youth should be uninterrupted. And for so many years in this country, Black women have not even been able to be Black girls. Just be a girl, to just be a little girl. Uh, I remember like even when I was referencing that Barbie doll, I wasn't able to find a doll that looked like me. Okay. I wasn't My able to- doll babies was <laughs> not giving me. Yeah, they looked like something else. They didn't look like me. They didn't have my my four A hair texture. It didn't have my complexion. You know, it didn't even dress like me. There was nothing for me to identify with as a little girl to make me feel like when I walk into a store, I could see myself on a shelf. I couldn't see myself on a shelf, but I saw everything that didn't look like me on a shelf. So that just, you know, reinforced my my belief that European standards of beauty or, you know, being white or having a certain texture of hair, have a certain eye color or a certain body type was, um, was more beautiful. And, you know, it's just the small things that, that people can do, you know, in the silence too, you know, um, that's another way, uh, to, um, protect black women, you know, there's no need to be silent, speak up. If something's not right, it's not right. You know, it's called doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, people see Black women not being protected all over the place, whether it's uh, at work or on the streets. Um, I had a situation one time where I was actually called the N-word by a a white female. And, uh, you know, when I was put in that situation, there was a lot of people around me and specifically a lot of white people around me. And there was only one Black man around me and like given the circumstances of this situation the girl was drunk she was belligerent she was mad because uh the guy that she was with liked my friend didn't even i had nothing to do with anything and the girl ended up calling me the n-word because i was the black one in the crew but this black man sat there saw this and did nothing and Mm It was like two other white people around who were like, yo, get out of here, like with that mess, talking to her like that. But in that in that moment, you know, I did look at the black man like, you know, this is our experience, you know, whether she's saying it to me, she's also saying it to you. And I was also really happy that those white people that were around, you know, stuck up for me. But I was looking at the black man like, hey, you Why did you say in the silence. Yeah. yeah. In the silence. Yeah. And that and that's that's something that is crazy to me like how you can literally literally because sometimes when we have these conversations we kind of I don't want to say we're talking about it in a figurative manner because obviously this is somebody's real life that you know these are real people that these things are happening to but when you're actually in a scenario yourself and you can watch the fact that something is happening to you or something is happening to another black woman around you and there are, are people that are just willing to just, you know, sit there and, and watch it happen and not speak up. Like how, how are you comfortable? How are you comfortable just watching certain things play out and, and not doing anything about it? Mm-hmm. That's very important. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. Cause when, again, when it comes to protecting black women, speak up, absolutely speak up, absolutely step into these scenarios and do something about it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember, uh, couple I feel like it was a couple months ago at this point there was a video of and I don't even know all of the what was happening in a video I don't even know how they got there but needless to say there was a video of a black woman like 
being like put into the garbage, this garbage can, like this big dumpster thing. And it was a bunch of black men just like around her recording her and like laughing and all this different shit. And it was just like, what the hell is happening right now? Mm-hmm. And you know, when you see shit like that, people, it seems like everybody wants context, right? Like you want to, you, when I say what's happening, I don't necessarily need to know the events that led up to that. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's not about, you know, all of this extra context. It's more about like the fact that y'all thought that that was okay. The fact that y'all literally, quite literally thought this lady was disposable enough to pick her up and put her in a trash can and y'all recording it and y'all laughing. It's a group of men over this one black woman. Another um, scenario, I actually just saw this video, I think yesterday. There, there's this video of like this group of men at a gas station, right? And there's this one woman and she's just trying to go up and pay for her gas, literally trying to go up to this gas station and pay for her gas. And like the minute that she's walking across the uh, parking lot to the gas station, this group of men are like swarming around her and like just saying a whole bunch of like really weird sexualized shit to her. And she's just like, you can see how uncomfortable and it's like at the same time of her being uncomfortable you can tell that she's that she and I and I know this to be true because I've done I've been this person I've had to do this, you know when like you're in those uncomfortable situations where it's like how should I react outwardly so mm-hmm. that this doesn't get worse right so mm-hmm. like for example when you're walking down the street and it might be a group of men like catcalling or saying shit to you or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. or or you're walking and there's a car that's pulling up to you with a bunch of men and they saying shit to you it's like how 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 could I present myself as polite as possible so that this doesn't go bad? I shouldn't mm-hmm. have to do that because y'all are making me feel unsafe. I feel unsafe at this moment when you pulling up on me and it's five people, five niggas in a car and then it's me walking by myself. I feel unsafe when I can't walk down the street without you like grabbing my arm as you trying to talk to me and I'm trying to walk away, but you trying to, you know, reach out to me so that you get my attention. I hear you. Mm -hmm. I'm ignoring you. Mm -hmm. I feel unsafe. And I feel like black women oftentimes have to compromise in that split second and think about like, okay, how can I present myself so that they don't think that I'm being rude so they don't hit me so they don't do whatever to me so that this just doesn't go bad. And that's exactly what that video was portraying. And I'm just like, this is the shit that we be saying, y'all. When we say that these are our experiences, we're not making these up. But I just don't understand how so many men don't believe this to be true. Like, so who are the men that are doing this? If none of y'all know nobody that does shit like that, who are the men that are doing this? <laughs> and that's exactly what my question is, you know. Uh, then who are the men who are doing it? But, you know, um, when it comes down to uh, the bigger just of things, we are in such a great time that we have a we have platforms now where we can uh, spread that message even further than before. Because right now, that is the message. Right now, the message is protect Black women. The message right now is Black Lives Matter. And we're able to spread that message. And when it comes to, um, you know, people needing to hop on a bandwagon and stop being in such denial, because those individuals are in denial. To say that you don't know these people that we're referencing, that we're talking about, you're in denial then. Because um, there's no way that you can't name a few. You know what I mean? Um, And and there's no way that you can't identify. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, it definitely takes... um, it takes small steps, right, to get to the to to get to where we need to be, and uh, people need to recognize that even when we're talking about the little things, it adds up to the bigger picture. Absolutely. Um, you know, so when it comes to protect Black women, uh, you know, it's really nice for people to understand that when we say that, we mean that, and because who are we calling on, like? We can't call the police because we're scared of them showing up. That part. We aren't even sure if uh, the people who look like us is going to stand up mm-hmm. when it's time. And then we're left with what after that? Ourselves. Ourselves. And that's, and that's the shit that's fucked up about it. 
Yes. Why? Like, that is so, oh my God, that is very true. When you can sit, when I can sit here and think about all of the options of the people that I should be able to call on when protecting myself is not enough. And I can just quickly eliminate all of those people because I'm like, damn, I don't need, like you said, I don't even know if this person, though they look like me, though they should understand, I don't even know, I can't even say for sure that they'll come through for me. I know the police ain't going to do it. Mm-hmm. I know this country ain't going to do it. Mm-hmm. So who, like, who do I turn to? And that's the shit that's so messed up about it for me. That's, that's the thing that's so messed up about it. Um, and you also too mes- mentioned representation, just to backtrack a little bit. That's so mm-hmm. important. That's so important. Like we have, we, I think the time that we were growing up was, you know, we were heavy in the, in the fact that, no, we don't see ourselves represented. And then those little, those little areas that we can think of that, that we felt represented, that we felt like seen. We hold on to those things to those day, to this day. So, like, think of, like, okay, for many Black people, like, when you think of, like, the Black sitcoms that we grew up watching, like, so for our generation, it was the sister-sister, it was the one-on-one, the girlfriends mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, and the Parker and Moesha, now that all those things are coming back out, right? We, mm-hmm. We're now having access to those things again. We are, we're coming out on, like, Netflix and all of those different things. Oh my God, we're swarming to them because that representation is so nostalgic mm-hmm. and so important to who, you know, we are. It's so, so important to be able to feel seen. And so like I, and even with like, you know, more current shows that, that um, we are seeing like coming out, like when you think of like things like Blackish and Grownish and all the issues, because there's a couple of different ones, um, or the Carmichael show, which I really love, and I wish that show was still on. But when you think about those type of, or what's that other show with, uh, I think Tia Mowry is in it. Uh, I think it's The Reunion or Family Reunion or something like that. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever seen that. But like when you think about those things, that we hold on to those for their life. <laughs> we hold on for, to those for their life because that representation is so important. And it's beautiful to be able to come home and, and, you know, see ourselves represented on in the media here and there. And, you know, it's still a struggle. Let me not give the media too much. Like they're just doing all the great things that we're fully being represented because there's so many areas of blackness that are still not being represented in the media. Again, when we talk about skin tone and colorism, when we talk about uh, disability, when we talk about trans women and things like that, like, there's still a lot of work to be done, but it does feel good to see yourself to some capacity in those things. And, but, you know, we hold on to them because when we go to our workplaces, nine times out of 10, that representation ain't happening. Mm-hmm. When we think about the higher ups in, our, mm-hmm. in, our, in many of our workplaces, none of them look like us. Mm-hmm. So then you also have to think about, do I feel safe enough to go to them and have certain conversations because, or, you know, raise a, um, a concern about something that I've experienced while working here or whatever the case may be, because none of them look like me. So I don't even know if they're going to understand. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had that happen to me, um, at a old job of mine where there was a white lady and this was a white lady who had a black husband. Oh, and she made everybody know that she had a black husband. She was going to make sure she screamed, she screamed it to the mountaintop that her husband was black. And those be the worst ones. I kid you not. I kid you not. Those be the worst ones. But she was screaming to the mountaintops that her husband was black. But at the same time, some of the shit that I heard come out her mouth. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she felt like she had this proximity to blackness because her husband and her kids were black, so that she could say certain things. But I had to tell her about herself one time. Right. And when that time wasn't enough and it just got worse and she just kind of started outwardly saying crazy shit. I, you know, I went to my supervisor and I had a conversation with my supervisor. I'm like, yo, she said X, Y, and Z a couple different times. And, you know, I had to ask myself, am I overreacting? Which I shouldn't have had to do, but I had to ask myself without overreacting first. 
And when it got to be too much and I went to my supervisor and I had a conversation with my supervisor, my white woman supervisor, let me tell you, that conversation went nowhere fast. Because she, number one, had no clue how to address it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, as a supervisor, I feel like you should be prepared. You should mm-hmm. be prepared for this shit, right? You took this role, so you need to be prepared when things like this happen. And she was straight asking me, like, what, what, like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, how do you want me to approach it? What do you, I want you to say exactly what I said. And the mm-hmm. reason why I'm coming to you saying it, because number one, that's the chain of command that I'm supposed to go by in a workplace. But also, if I say something, it's not going to be nice. It's not mm-hmm. going to be nice. So I'm going to come to you and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, and listen, I, was, I would have absolutely been willing to sit in and have the conversation along with her, but she decided, you know, she decided that she was going to have the conversation with this coworker, but at the same time, she had no clue, no mm-hmm. clue how to approach this. And I also don't even know if she understood the depth and the seriousness of what I was saying and why what this, what this woman has said multiple times bothered me so much. And that's why it's so important for people to get involved so that they can understand when the situation pops up, how to handle it. Because it sounds like, you know, when it comes to your boss, for instance, even when it comes to that, the lady who said that comment to you in the first place, you know what I'm saying? Uh, When it comes to being white in America, they are only taught one part of history that is so glossed over Mm -hmm. to the point that, you know, they are really not uh, familiar with the people who've actually lived through this history that we're referencing. So in this situation that you're talking about, I can only imagine how you felt because here you are speaking with two people who are uneducated on the topic of just being a Black woman in America. Yep. Yep. They're just uneducated. Yep. And uh, I have my thoughts. I have my thoughts, but I could go on a whole different spill about that. But I want to wrap it up here by asking you this question. How for yourself, how do you take care of yourself as a Black woman when you don't feel protected? Um, Certain ways that I take care of myself as a Black woman when I'm feeling unprotected is to remind myself that um that i'm protected by god's grace um okay i put god first um uh some other ways that i cope is uh becoming more educated on where these emotions are stemming from and the topic of it uh and other things that i do just from a regular uh from a regular standpoint is, you know, I exercise, you know, that, that feeds, that feeds my body, you know, to, to get the stress off, you know, to get my mind off of things. Um, Other things that I do is, you know, speak openly about what it is that I'm experiencing like I am right now, because if you don't talk about it, you can't be about it. Um, You know, and if you don't talk about it, you can find yourself keeping it deep inside. So everybody should definitely uh, I definitely agree that uh, we should all be talking about race. There's no reason why we should be silencing it. And uh, so when it comes to things that I do, those are some of the things that I do. And uh, I also find comfort in knowing that um, I am participating uh, in the conversation alone. That helps me. That helps my psyche. Knowing that, you know, being part of the solution rather than being a part of the problem. Um, but let me throw that question back at you. Um, how do you feel? Um, for me, um, one of the ways that I'm, and this is an active practice right now because I can't say that I've done this so well, but sometimes I do have to unplug. Sometimes I do have to just like step away from the social medias where <laughs> we're having these conversations or like there's mornings that I like, you know, want to turn on the news when I'm, as I'm getting ready for work, but I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to do that today because I know it's, I'm going to hear some shit that I'm, I, it's going to start my day off bad. And so I, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm doing better with that. And the thing that made that hard before is that, um, I feel like I want to stay informed. So I was kind of afraid to unplug because I didn't want to feel like I'm missing anything or I don't know. So, um, Unplugging overall, it's a work, it's a progress, it's a work in progress, but I'm, I'm doing that. I also just try to take care of myself by like 
nurturing my body and doing things that like make me feel good. So for me, sometimes doing like different creative work makes me feel good. So sometimes that means I'm just going to sit and I'm going to draw. Sometimes that means I am, I don't know, what, what other things that I like to do? Like I, sometimes it's me making a cup of tea and taking my time and just sitting and drinking in silence and things like that. Um, and I agree what you said when it's, when you said continuing to educate myself, I do a lot of reading. I read a lot and that honestly feels like, you know, taking care of myself, taking care of my mind, exercising my mind, um, when it comes to not only what's happening, but just being able to, you know, continue to educate myself outside of, you know, I'm not at the point where I'm in school and I'm in, in my education is riding on with somebody else is standing up and teaching me. So it feels good to educate myself. So I definitely agree with you on that. But sometimes it just means slowing down. When I feel myself, um, just like when, when the weight of the world is literally sitting on my shoulders, sometimes that means I just need to slow down. Sometimes that means I just need to like be in my space I'm I, I'm lucky enough to live alone. So whatever slowing down looks like for me, I don't have to compromise, you know, my time with anybody else's. And that feels really good to have the opportunity. And I know that there's privilege in that. Having the opportunity to just make space completely for myself and I have to worry about anybody else. Um, so some, for me, I think it's just like slowing down, but also curating those conversations. So a lot of what you said, I agree with. Having those conversations and knowing that I I am doing the work knowing that I am willing to continue to learn how to do the work because I don't think it ends here for me. I think there's a lot more work that I could be doing and I'm learning what that could look like. Um, I want to learn, you know, different ways that I can continue to make space for other Black women to feel like they can do the work for themselves or we can just, you know, create these spaces for ourselves. Also, one of the ways that I've been <laughs> with what's been feeling like self-care for me recently, and this is so weird, but like there's actually this Facebook group that I'm in and I can't even remember what it's called, but it, it's basically a Facebook group made up of black women, just like having open conversation, whether it's like somebody saying like, y'all, I got this thing going on and I need y'all thoughts. I need y'all help. How, how should I deal with this? Or it's just be like sometimes we're sharing things like the other today the one lady in the group like shared some current books that she was reading and we was all like in there like yeah girl I'm reading this and this is so good and you know like just having those conversations and creating like a circle of black women that I can just you know know that when I'm here and I'm talking to them I can be my absolute self and it's understood that feels good so that's what that's what my self-care that's what my self-care is looking like I like that yeah well you know some of my closing thoughts is you know each one teach one uh be hopeful that things will change be a part of the solution don't be a part of the problem don't feed into the division right now they're trying to divide us even more than ever even if we're gonna say Tory Lanes and Megan the Stallion. That's that can be used as a divisive weapon. So right now, uh, I definitely want to close with let's not go with the divide. Let's go with the unity. Remember that there are a lot of people who are looking to do the right thing, and those yeah. are the souls that we should be feeding. That's my closing. And we can end it right there because that was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. 